and like to remind everyone of his status by letting at least two minutes pass before calling out, Come. It took slightly longer on this occasion. One look at his flushed face, and May was reminded of the time she'd found him asleep at his desk after a coroner's society luncheon. Except now it was only mid-morning. She placed the report on the blotter. Colonel Tyndall uncapped his fountain pen and signed the end page without even asking whose inquest it had been. He pushed the slim sheaf of papers back at her and stood up. I'll be in my club if anyone wants me. She'd got away with it, this time. He was following her down the corridor when May heard the street door open and close. Colonel Tyndall said something under his breath she thought it as well she didn't catch. P.C. Collier, the constable assigned to the coroner's court, was standing by her desk, eager and fidgety, in a uniform she assumed had been issued with an assurance that he'd grow into it, he filled the small room with the distinctive odour of the glue factory. That meant he'd come from Poplar Hospital. Having been born and brought up within walking distance of the busiest docks in the world, May could always tell which street someone had just been in by the smells clinging to their clothes and hair. P.C. Collier shot her a smile of greeting, before adopting what she knew to be his most serious expression. But it couldn't eclipse the puppyish excitement he always exhibited in her company. She might even have felt flattered by his crush, if she thought he'd started shaving. It has been my sad duty to accompany a deceased person to the mortuary. He pulled his notebook from his pocket and flipped over the pages. One Clarice Gem. I was called to her lodgings last night, being Sunday the 29th of February, in, he cast his eyes down quickly, Robin Hood Lane, the house of a Mrs, um... Again, a glance sneaked at his notes, as if to read them openly might lead to an accusation of cheating. Harrison. Dr Swan attended, and had the body sent to the hospital first off out of consideration for the lateness of the hour and your caretaker's gout. All the known facts point to a drugs overdose. May winced. He'd been doing so well up until then. Using the sort of official language they both knew the coroner liked death to be couched in. A wheeze at her shoulder told her Colonel Tyndall wasn't going to let it go. Whilst in my court I would prefer that flat-footed lesser servants of the Crown kept their ill-informed opinions to themselves and preserved their scant wits for the undoubted demands of keeping louts from stoning cats. He tugged out his fob watch and tapped the dial. This had better not take long. May tried to restore P.C. Collier's spirits with a raise of her eyebrows as she followed Colonel Tyndall from the room. The mortuary was out at the back, down a covered walkway, tucked away so that the bereaved didn't have to pass it when attending an inquest. It was devoid of the pomp of the mullioned windows, leaded lights and stone dressing of the main building. Totally functional in character, it squatted in the bowels of the site behind head-height perimeter walls. Bodies were delivered via an entrance at the end of a passage off Cottage Street, the gruesome business of post-mortems taking place in the adjoining laboratory. May held the door open for Colonel Tyndall and then walked in behind him. The smell was always the first thing she noticed. Even when it was free of occupants, the cleanliness had an edge to it that scratched at the back of her throat. 
She flicked the light switch, and the bulbs in their wide white glass shades flung out spots of brightness, reminiscent of one of the better class of variety theatres. But there was going to be no curtain call for poor Clary's gem. She was lying on the furthest of the marble plinths used for viewing. Her modesty and a modicum of dignity preserved under a mortuary sheet. How May wished it could remain that way, but she knew once the inquest process started, Clarice would be thoroughly exposed until there were no secrets of her life and death left. May felt as though she should apologise in advance. They walked down the short flight of steps and along the length of the room. Colonel Tyndall made a guttural noise. The moment before the sheet was drawn back was the one time May felt a deep empathy for him. Facing sudden and traumatic death was something you never got used to. It reminded you too much of your own slender grip on...